This episode of the Outside Podcast is brought to you by Monument Grills and their Denali 605 Pro Smart Propane Gas Grill. Featuring six main burners and an infrared side burner, the Denali Grill solves a lot of backyard barbecue complaints before they start. There's no waiting for the grill to heat up because the Denali heats to 700 degrees Fahrenheit in just 10 minutes. And you don't have to worry about uneven heat because the Denali features patented Blaze Zone technology for consistent temperatures across the whole grill. It also has a clear viewing lid, so you don't have to keep opening and shutting it. And Bluetooth app control for cooking without interrupting your conversation. The Denali 605 Pro is not just a grill, it's an experience. A juicy, delicious, perfectly seared, medium-rare experience. Upgrade your backyard game with the Denali 605 Pro at monumentgrills.com. And don't miss out on $45 off with the code OUTSIDE45. From Outside Magazine, this is the Outside Podcast. Hi, uh, this is David. Yes, it sure is. <laughs> Hi, this is Peter Frickwright from Outside. You got my message, huh? Yeah, it was pretty clear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I get a lot of, uh, I, I hear a lot of interesting tales told once you get you know, away from the biology, and uh, that's a new one to me. A few years ago, in 2017, I broke my leg in a very preventable canyoneering accident. So preventable, you could also describe it as a cliff jumping accident. You were jumping off a cliff and the water was too shallow and you broke your leg. Uh, Basically, yeah. It it turned out that there was just one rock. Uh, I was the host of this podcast at the time. And what I've come to learn in the years since is that if you remember me at all, it's probably that story that you remember. And if you don't remember me, that's totally fine. My name is Peter Frickwright. I launched this show in 2016 and hosted it until early 2020. I left to travel and decompress, but that was right when the world went into lockdown. So instead, I went back into the basement cave I make podcasts in. I've been there ever since. Anyway, it's nice to meet you. It's good to be back. We called the episode The Time Our Host Shattered His Leg in a Canyon. And I spent most of it stuck just above a 40-foot waterfall, just below a 60-foot waterfall, with 700-foot cliff walls on either side of me. Pretty much the most difficult place you could design for a rescue. It took 21 hours to get out, eventually by helicopter. But we've already told that story. Today, I want to bring your attention to a little detail that we just sort of joked about at the time. There was a point I was just like, if I can't make it out of this canyon, I wonder if I can just live here. You know, if the, apparently there's a cougar, I would make it my friend. <laughs> and bring it would food. bring me food. <laughs> I've got water to drink. After my leg went kablooey, I had crawled out of the river and up onto a shelf of rock that happened to contain the bleached white bones of a deer carcass, almost certainly brought to this extremely unreachable location by a cougar who wanted to eat in peace. And now here I was, a wounded, literally bleeding animal, who just crawled into its favorite snacking spot. 
I've been thinking about that a lot over the past few years. Because about six months later, in the same area where I'd gotten hurt, a woman was killed by a cougar. Diana Bober. Bober's car was found over the weekend. Search and rescue teams fanned out from there and found her body Monday afternoon. In fact, it was the first time in modern history that a human had been killed by a mountain lion in Oregon. But the third attack in a few months in the Pacific Northwest. A weekend bike ride turned deadly when a cougar suddenly attacked. It happened in North Bend, Washington, in the foothills, about 30 miles east of Seattle. Cougars were having a moment. And at least among the runners, hikers, and hunters that I hang out with, that moment changed the way people talk about cougars. It went from, you're lucky if you ever get to see one, to, they're everywhere. Watch out. Two hikers are about to have a shocking encounter as they come around a bend. It's a mountain lion, still as a statue, glaring down at them. He blends right in with the background. The new narrative basically went like this. Because humans had systematically eliminated most of their competition on the landscape, like wolves and bears, cougars were having a population explosion. There were more of them than ever before, even before European colonization. And they had filled in pretty much every green space we've allowed to remain. So they're living in our parks, on our trails, and in our backyards. If you've ever had the sense out in the woods that something's watching you, that was a cougar. And at least for me, there's been plenty of anecdotal evidence to back this up. My wife, Ellie, once worked on a trail crew in Arizona that did 10-day stints in the backcountry. At one point, their Forest Service contact told them that a radio-collared cougar had been following them for months. Some members of the crew started going to the bathroom in groups. My friend Steve, probably the most accomplished trail runner I know, has seen six cougars on trail runs over the years. That's an insane number. It's like they really are everywhere. Then, about six months ago, I heard a rumor from a credible source that made the idea of an increasing cougar population seem like a very serious problem. The story was that because of this newfound cougar density and overlapping territory, cougars had started hunting in packs. Like a pride of lions. Or velociraptors. Now, I told this story for a long time, and people found it so insanely scary, I eventually decided to write something about it, which meant emailing a cougar biologist for more information. So I reached out to Professor David Stoner at Utah State University, and his response was immediate and pretty direct. Peter, that is complete nonsense. If you want a more nuanced quote, I'm here until five. I don't know where these rumors start, but it's just not true. Hunting in packs is, is just nonsense. It has nothing to their, their natural history. There is no tendency like that. These are not, and these animals are, don't behave like African lions. They don't work cooperatively. The only Stoner was pretty unequivocal about this whole new narrative. They're not hunting in packs. Two deaths in a few months, that was an anomaly. Human being attacked by a mountain lion is extremely rare. I, th- I think it comes out to about one attack per year in the U.S. and Canada. It's actually even less than that if you count all the historical data. 
From 1890 to 1990, there were 53 cougar attacks in the U.S. and Canada. About one every two years. Just nine of those attacks were fatal. Although, in one of them, a cougar killed two people. So, weirdly, there are actually ten fatalities from those nine attacks. And if you look at the spatial distribution of those incidents, they're clustered. They're not randomly distributed throughout the range. The other weird thing is that 20 of those 53 attacks, 38% of them, were on Vancouver Island in Canada. And no one knows why. Maybe there's something in the water up there. I, I don't know. Look at more recent data, and the numbers do go up. But so does the overall population of both people and cougars. From 1990 to 2018, there were more cougar deaths than the previous 100 years combined. But the total number is still just 11. Stoner says cougar attacks are so rare, even disappearances that look like cougar kills probably aren't cougar kills, unless you're on Vancouver Island. We had an incident here in Utah three or four years ago, a young woman went jogging. It was late winter, dry year. She went up the canyon, was never heard from again. Search and rescue came out to try and find her to no avail. When someone disappears in the backcountry without a trace, often people start to think mountain lion, which sometimes make a kill and then hide it so they can come back to it later. And so a reporter asked Stoner to comment. How likely was it that a cougar had killed this trail runner? We had this interview, and the next day her body was found by a hiker. And you know what happened? What? She, it looked like she had um, broken her ankle. Oh, wow. And couldn't walk. And that evening, a snowstorm came in. Oh, jeez. So she had taken advantage of this lull in the, again, it had been a really mild winter. She was able to get pretty far up this canyon. She she was injured and then died of exposure. Stoner says cougars get blamed for far more backcountry deaths than they actually cause. The numbers are pretty conclusive. It just doesn't happen that often. Yeah. It's extremely rare. I mean, that's that's what... um, I have a hard time conveying to people is that your chances are far better of going to Vegas and coming out ahead. So, rumor quashed. So quashed, I don't even feel comfortable using the idea that cougars are hunting in packs as a source of narrative tension that we play around with through the whole episode. Instead, I started to wonder, what is going on? Tonight, a man is recovering after being clawed in the head by a mountain lion while sitting in an in-ground hot tub. If all the data is so conclusive and experts are saying not to worry about cougars, why is everyone else pretty worried about cougars? No! Get the f*** away! Get the f*** away! Why are we all getting it so wrong? Go away. Go away. I'm big and scary. More after this. Holy f***. The staple ingredients of a perfect summer are no secret. Sunshine, swimming, and backyard barbecues. The rest of it is just dressing on the side. So for the best summer, you need the best grill. And it doesn't get any better than Monument Grill's Denali 605 Pro. 
a premium six burner smart gas grill that brings modern convenience to an age old tradition. Crafted with stainless steel for durability, an infrared burner for faster, even heating, Bluetooth temperature monitoring, and a lid that lets you see what's going on on your grill without changing the temperature inside. It's a grill that's both sizzle and steak. Whether you're a seasoned grill master or just starting out, it's sure to impress. Your friends will be amazed by the Denali 605 Pro. Use code OUTSIDE45 for an exclusive discount and enjoy fast, free shipping. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit uh, just bigger picture um, because like, you know, after, after I kind of got interested in this rumor, um, I started looking around and, and, you know, even just like a Google search that I did this morning, like in the same search, it'll be like, you know, the, the, the suggested results are like, why are, why is cougar population increasing in the West? And then it's like, why is cougar cougar population decreasing? Um, and it's just it just feels like there's every every kind of fact that you grab onto about cougars, the there's sort of like evidence that the opposite is also true. Yeah, I mean, a hundred years of um, wildlife management has generated a lot of change. This is Derek Broman the game program manager for the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife. And he also says that, no, cougars are not hunting in packs. But what has happened is that the landscape has basically been filled in with as many cougars as will fit. We have been seeing an increase in the cougar population statewide uh, for many, many, many decades. Um, Now, in certain parts of the state, it appears that we are likely at or reaching carrying capacity or essentially the, the, the number of animals that the landscape and the food uh, supports. Okay, so here we have what seems like one foundational pillar of that original rumor. Cougar populations have been increasing overall. But that's because, well, we killed them all about 100 years ago. They're still coming back from the massive hunting and poisoning campaign that Europeans went on as they were setting up their farms and homesteads out west. So you're saying that there was a focused effort to reduce the number of cougars in the area like a generation ago or two generations ago, and that this growth that we're seeing over multiple decades is a is a kind of like a bounce back from that? Yeah, correct. And, you know, we're not at, we'll never be at, you know, pre-European settlement populations and um, other factors because just so many things have changed. Sometimes there's fewer prey, sometimes there's more prey. Um, habitat has changed. The areas where cougars are new, and I'm doing air quotes, which is probably bad to do on a call like this, but um, <laughs> we're having cougars show up into places where one, they haven't been for many decades, and two, it's where the majority of the Oregon population resides. Cougars are more plentiful, but their numbers have been growing for a long time. They're so solitary and reclusive that most of us didn't notice. The reason it now feels like there are more cougars around is that we're also running into them more. They're filling in territory that has people in it. And these days, people have a lot more awareness of what's wandering through their backyard each night. Everybody's got a ring doorbell or some sort of video device now at their home. And 
You know, they'll get now a photo of a raccoon or a coyote or whatever that before they had no idea was there, but it might have been coming by their home like every night for years. Which brings us to the second reason people might have thought cougars were all of a sudden hunting in packs. People started seeing packs of cougars on camera. I too can like, my mind's eye says, man, if you saw a trail camera photo of two or three adult females that are all related and all of their kittens, yeah, that would look like your mind would just go to, wait, I just saw like 10 cougars all eating on the same prey. Like you just assume they all participated in the killing of it. Um, so that's, that's totally plausible. Mothers do share their kills with kittens, and juvenile cats look almost exactly like adult cougars. But it isn't just mothers sharing with their offspring. In a study published in 2017, biologists shared footage from camera traps in Yellowstone National Park that documented unrelated cougars sharing a kill and then hanging out together. That happened 118 times during the three-year study. It was our first glimpse into cougar socialization. So it turns out cougars share meals with each other, like a family. But only one of them does the hunting. But having told this story to friends and family the last couple of months, I know there are a certain percentage of you, no matter how hard I stress this, that are still going to come away thinking maybe, just maybe, those scientists got it wrong. And cougars are now hunting cooperatively. And they are killing people all over North America. Because that's how the human brain works. Cougars are scary. And also, it turns out that studying cougars and knowing something about them for certain, that's really hard. Over the last couple of decades, the science on cougars has been rewritten over and over again. As we figure out new ways to study these animals, we're filling in a lot of blank spots about their lives. And and when it comes to like, cougars and other solitary animals that are very difficult to find and monitor. Um, We are making a lot of new discoveries and constantly kind of, you know, breaking the records. Partially it's just because our ability to sample and monitor these animals is, is improving so much. Over the last decade, scientists have come to a more granular understanding of cougars' diet, their behavior, and their relationships to predators. Earlier this year, in Washington state, researchers noticed that cougars were killing wolves at unprecedented rates. Since 2013, 30% of natural mortalities, meaning wolves that were not killed by humans, they'd been killed by mountain lions. But the weird thing is, this only seems to be happening in Washington. They think the steep terrain gives cougars an advantage in encounters with wolves. But the biggest improvement in the science biggest blind spot we've basically filled in has been in figuring out how many cougars are out there. Population estimates used to be based on mathematical models in which a lot of the factors were approximate. Now, scientists use biodarts to take DNA samples. They can map a whole feline family tree. We've also done scat dog work where we send out dogs trained to look for cougar poop, poop, cougar droppings, In the same way, we can do genetic analysis and get at density. And those are things that are very new. Before, we just had to, like, extrapolate or use some other tools that really 
like might have been designed for other species and we tried to apply them to cougars and it we're finding out those really didn't work. So now as the science is advancing, our abilities to monitor animals at a much finer resolution, um, we're starting to discover some of these things. So who knows, if we talk another five to 10 years, I might have to correct myself on everything we've learned about cougars. But no matter how good the data gets, no matter what kind of new information we start gathering, we're not gonna suddenly find out that cougars are hunting together. Everyone is pretty certain about that. Like they're all really, really good at obtaining prey um, by themselves. Hmm. So traveling as a larger group, it'd be like sending six people to go get a cheeseburger. Like why? That's just a one person job. That's a one person meal. The reason they don't, and pretty much never will, work cooperatively is because of the way they hunt. Cougars are ambush predators, masters of stealth and surprise. Their teeth are designed to grab you by the back of the neck and sever your spinal cord or puncture your brain. You're dead before you have a chance to fight back. There's really no advantage in having multiple animals working together in that situation. If anything, more cougars are a liability because it's harder to sneak up on something. African lions, and velociraptors for that matter, go after bigger animals. So they do need more of them to make the kill. Proportionally, um, the size of the prey, the susceptibility of the prey, that changes enormously. Um, You know, just thinking in my mind of like running through the prey of like an African lion, like you don't have a lot of deer elk size. They're, they're, they're having a, when their pride are taking down um, their prey, they're large animals that requires an all hands on deck. Um, You could have a 150 pound cougar taking a hundred pound deer. That's easy. That happens all Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. It'd be different if it was a cougar trying to take down like a bison or something like that. Maybe that's the equivalent. Um, but even elk, like cougars are very good at, at taking elk. They take typically more deer, but, um, they just don't need it. They've, they've evolved to find just the right body size and set of skills and teeth and claws to work with the local food. The interesting thing about all this is that this horror story of a rumor is actually a symptom of the success story cougars are living. Cougars were hunted and poisoned to the brink of extinction. But we adjusted. We changed some policies, changed how we thought about their presence, stopped killing them indiscriminately. It turned them into the hero of a comeback story, instead of the villain. The fact that people are scared of cougars again, so scared they're telling each other that cougars are hunting in packs when they're not, that means cougars are once again plentiful enough to actually be a little bit scary. Even if the numbers on cougar attacks don't justify hardly any fear, this rumor is a testament to their success as a species. Every day that they're out there living and killing, every time a new cat finds a little corner of the woods or the desert that they can tuck themselves into and wait for the right prey to wander by, they're making the wilderness a little more wild. That's a cool story. My responsibility first and foremost is to serve the public, um, but to be a steward of, of our wildlife and to make sure that our wildlife populations are healthy and robust. And across the board, if you look at cougars, they're checking every single box. So um, that's a good place to be in. Cougars are doing great, doing fine. Cougars are doing great.
This episode was written and produced by me, Peter Frickwright, with music by Robbie Carver. The Outside Podcast is made possible by Outside Plus subscribers. Learn more about all the benefits of becoming a member and sign up at outsideonline.com slash podplus.